Maker's Moment Podcast. I'm Zach Ford, your host, and today I'm sitting with my great buddy, Chris Wright. How's it going? It's going awesome. So a little bit of context. Um, one of the reasons why I wanted to start a podcast like this was really to highlight some of my best buds. No, but really to to be able to take people that I believe in that are super cool, who are doing awesome things across the board, and uh, be able to interview them in a, in a way like this. Awesome. So anyways, uh, Chris Wright, everybody, here in the flesh, uh, here's what we're going to do. I've got a list of questions that I kind of want to go through with Chris, but at the same time, just riffraff on, on, uh, on our vibes. So the first thing I'll ask you is, who are you and what do you make? Oh, man. Uh, Not salary. Because <laughs> I was dying to know. Sandwiches? <laughs> sandwiches. I'm a sandwich artist. Um... <laughs> My name is Chris Wright. I, I like to make a lot of things. I, uh, I make podcasts. I make videos. I make um, photos. I, that's it. Making photos. No, I like to make. <laughs> what about the sandwiches? <laughs> and sandwiches. Awesome. So uh, cool. So you make a lot of things. You do a lot of things. You call yourself a creative. Yeah. Would you? Yeah. yeah. I would, I would definitely. definitely call yourself a creative. So, uh, with all of those things that you enjoy to do, yeah. take me behind the scenes. All right. Take me back to Chris Wright, yeah. 11 years old. Were you making stuff when you were 11? Definitely. T- just take me even further back. What about uh, seven? Definitely. Um, I don't know like, when it necessarily started, but I always grew up drawing things and like making things. Like we would, I mean, we weren't poor, but we didn't have a ton of money, so I had like, my figures. We would like, take a box and like, draw and cut out things and make this you know, giant skyscraper out of cardboard boxes and stuff like that, you know. Um, it was always like, what can we make out of something else? Like, what can we use this for, this everyday thing, and use it for, like, something that we want to play with? And uh, um, so, and then, like, drawing, writing stories. My brother and I had a fake newspaper. Um, what was it called? Uh, it was called uh, CJ Press. And uh, we had a fake uh, island called Skulanga. Skulanga. And there was a there was a uh, Skulanga edition of it. We would we would draw it out of crayon and pencil. This is amazing. I have them still. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Um and you know like so, I mean, I, well, how old I don't even know how old I was at that point. I was probably like, I don't know, you know, probably set six, seven, yeah. eight, you know, like that that sure. that time frame. So like I, I honestly cannot remember a time whenever I wasn't making something. It's who you are. It's what you do. Yeah. Um all right, so Chris Wright, yeah, Skulanga. <laughs> this is the first time I've, I don't know the last time I've talked about that. That's I, a, such a deep cut. Listen, this is <laughs> this is great because that's that history is so huge because a lot of people like think that it just comes out of nowhere, right? Yeah. Like being creative, doing whatever you want to do. Like I don't know what I'm doing on this podcast, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I'm pulling questions out of people, like what questions to ask. But the heart that I wanted to convey, even starting this podcast, was that. Like we are made to create things. Like we are, even if you don't think you're a maker, even yeah. even if you think that you just, you know, you like to go out back and you like to swing, swing the rake and just <laughs> you're making piles, man. Yeah, like yeah, you're making freaking piles of leaves. There's probably know? some organizational structure pattern that you're using to rake these leaves into piles. Exactly, you're doing something to make something. I think it is one of those fundamental things that we're made to do. Um, so, how do you think that? Uh, when you first started, kind of, I I can I can see some similarities, but for the listeners, 
making stories, coming up with those things, how has that influenced your life and your career even to this point? You mean back then? Yeah, I mean, like, those things, like, do you feel like those experiences of of just being free to create, free to dream up stories, free to create stories, do you feel like that's influenced the way yeah, you do things now? Definitely. Like, and, you know, I, I'll say this, and some of it sounds like, well, he's just a millennial, but, like, I literally, like, grew up, you know, being like, I could do anything. Like, if I put my mind to it, I could do it, you know? And, like, some of that's my personality type. Um, some of that's, um, you know, being an optimist <laughs> and uh, and really, you know, Thinking that, but like a lot of it, you know, like that's why I love to do so many different things. And I like as humans, I feel like everything you do builds on itself. You know, we mm. don't like sure. Yes, I was a different person back then, you know, but like I wouldn't be the person that I am today without that back then, you know. Right. Everything just builds on itself. And just the freedom to create like, hey, I'm going to start a newspaper out of crayon and, and pencil. Like what like that same spirit went into whenever I was like, Hey, I'm going to, let's start doing a podcast. They're doing a podcast. I can do a podcast, you mm -hmm. know? And like, and that has led it led to, um, like, uh, let me tell you the story of how I got into video. Tell me, have I ever told you this? No. Okay. I'm excited. So, um, I, uh, I have a, I have a background, in a lot of things I've, I've done radio. I wanted to be a studio photographer for a while. I wanted to be a teacher for a while. I went and I went super far down all these paths where it was like, Hey, I'm like uh, doing a student teacher's internship. I'm doing internships with studio photographers. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just like, awesome. go super far down all these paths. Right. Um, uh, decided on audio, went to uh, MTSU and uh, studied uh, audio production there. And um, started working at a studio, a recording studio in Murfreesboro. Worked there for about three years. Um, and Outlook just popped up like crazy on my, I'm going to turn this off. Now I can't see what I'm recording. Outlook, for those of you who don't know, is Satan's toolbox. <laughs> Satan's toolbox. All, also known <laughs> as an inbox. Um, no, this Windows Vista was Satan's toolbox. Windows Vista is. <laughs> it still exists on Does a it? number of computers <laughs> in the thrift store. <laughs> Maybe XP. You might get lucky and hit the XP. Actually, I, I was okay with XP. But, XP you know. honestly was great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had a computer that had a uh, it had a media edition. Is is the first computer the I started doing edition. audio recording on? Yeah, it was a media edition. So, but the uh, the volume button for the keyboard was located right next to the media button. It was literally a little button with a play sign on it. <laughs> and so, if you weren't paying attention, and you're watching a movie, <laughs> or you're recording a song, or you're making a video. Yeah. If you pop the media button, <laughs> it would literally turn the computer mode to media mode, <laughs> canceling out anything you were doing. So, folks, that is exactly what just happened with Outlook. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it, uh, it, it turned us into a dark place. So, you were saying you went to MTSU. You oh, started yeah. working at a studio. You yep. were there for about three years. Yep. And um, I, like, I... Uh, that, was, that was great, but I also needed another form of income. I was like, I need to make more money. Right. So I uh, I applied. I heard there's a, a an audio video position at a church in town, um, and pretty large church. Um, they have like a you know, pretty big like production facility and a couple like three or four people working what church in that, that area. Uh, World Outreach Church in nice. Murfreesboro, um, and they needed someone to do audio and video. And I told the guy who like owned the studio at the time. Like, I don't really know how to do, like, I've shot video, I've done photography, so I, I can shoot. Like, I know what, right, like, right. hey, this looks good, <laughs> you know. Sure. Um, and I love movies. 
But like in terms of like editing or whatever, I'm not. That's not me. I've done a couple of things. I did a uh, in iMovie. I did like I did a documentary film on the history of the recording um, department at MTSU. That was one mm-hmm. and two. I did um, uh, I did a uh, uh, just like a birthday. Like a, it was a film for some one of my friends' birthdays where. I don't, I don't even remember. All I remember is we, uh, it was a crime. <laughs> we were trying to solve a murder or something. I don't remember. It was a murderer. <laughs> anyway. How did you get into video? Murder. Murder. <laughs> Except <laughs> filming. <laughs> <laughs> murder. <laughs> Trap. You're arrested. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so um, he was like, well, you know, just go, you know, go work on it. I'll tell you what. I'll give you my lynda.com tutorial, like, subscription you log in and password just watch some stuff on there so okay and uh i went and they the way that they tested they had me come mix a weekend like for audio so they know i could i could i could be in charge of audio that went great um for for the for the video side they had me come shoot a week like a highlight they were having me do a highlight reel so they had me come shoot as like uh something they called character quest and it's basically their version of ebs but there's like Mm. ropes courses and all this other kind of stuff Spent all week shooting that. What I was supposed to do, I didn't know that they wanted me to come in the next week and edit it, edit the highlight reel the whole next week. Well, I was going out of town the next week. I was going to Florida. I was going to Disney World. Yeah, going to Disney World the next week. Gonna have to wait. (laughs) So, well, no, I decided. Uh I was like, well, I'll just come in on Friday and I'll edit this thing. You know, it'll be fine. Right. (laughs) Well, I shoot all the stuff all week on Thursday night before I'm going in the next day to edit this video. I literally got on lynda.com, watched until like 4 a.m. <laughs> tutorials on how to use Final Cut, <laughs> went in the next day, edited this video, and then get it hired. That's amazing. <laughs> of all that. That's amazing. Now, was this Final Cut, for our video people out there, is, was this Final Cut 7? Final or Cut 7. Final Cut 7. Yeah. Okay, so the truest, the, the purest favorite yeah. Final Cut, yeah. probably, to but, date. But like my point is, I think that same spirit was there where it's like, okay, I can... I can edit on Final Cut. I just need to learn. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. It's the same engine. It's like the same thing from you. I mean, it's just make it. It's you being feeling that need to communicate. And in that moment in time, it's like it was what was required of you to to get to the next thing you needed to make, which was this VBS video. Yeah. It's amazing. So you were editing this video. So this is your first time really jumping into video. Yeah. Uh, One of the things that stands out to me real quick for for those listening is – First off, I love your guts <laughs> for being able to take a job that you didn't know what you're doing. But isn't that like, it's okay to do that. Yeah. That's what I love. Yeah. It's okay for you to go, I don't know how to do this, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to dive in. I think that shows a lot about your personality. And I think it shows, I think it, it shows a lot of awesome qualities of someone being able to say, hey, I'm going to do this. And also, uh, don't miss it. Don't miss the encouraging side of that to to try new things and do things that you yeah, haven't been able to do so. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop my Truman Show talking to the camera here and go back to uh, what you're saying. No, I, you know, like I think that look, those are all great points. You know, like you never learn anything new if you don't try something you don't know how to do, mm. and it's okay to fail. Like I've never really even ever viewed failure as a bad thing. I just want to learn from it. I don't like failure without learning to me is pointless. Um, if you can learn from it, whatever that is, it's valuable, and mm. and. I think that that changes your mindset from, man, you know, I'm just beaten down and this was a failure that didn't work, man. What am I going to do? It turns it into like, 
okay, I learned this, this, and this, and I'll try this again. Like, and I'll right. apply that moving forward. Sure. Know? And there's just like, I just, I, I just don't know how to live life the other way. You know, like, I, <laughs> I would be like super depressed. <laughs> where you're not trying things, where you're not taking risks, yeah. where you're, where you're trying to be calculated with every move. Right. And I think it's, it's paralyzing for a lot of people out there. Like, par- like I think that I mean, my heart goes out too because I'm very much like you in that way, where I'm, I'm totally fine doing this podcast with these, you know, with these big puff microphones. <laughs> Listen, there's a video happening right now. You got to look at these bad boys. We use them. They sound great, but they do look like miniature basketballs. <laughs> I love them. They just need little lines. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, but the point is this. Like, I think that, like, I'm happy to jump in, but there are folks out there who are super creative, probably the most calculated people. I know several friends of mine specifically who are seriously the most creative individuals, but they they – fear jumping in mm-hmm. to start something because they're afraid that it's a going to make them look bad mm-hmm. b going to make them look like they don't know what they're doing mm-hmm. or really that's it they're really they're, they're afraid that it's going to do something uncomfortable to them that's yeah. going to embarrass them or turn them in what would you say to that one person who's afraid to start who's afraid to jump in I, like the first thing i would say is you know fear is normal i have fear you know like i'm scared of things you know like there's always just this this voice in everyone's head, I think this, you know, trying to tell you like you can't do it or like you shouldn't do it for a multitude of reasons. Um, and I think with me, you know, it's always, you know, it's experience that has made me be like, I'm going to mm-hmm. ignore that. I know that that's not the truth. And that's what you're really get. Like, what is actually, what is the truth here? What are, if you try this, will all those things that, in, that you're saying are in your head, like, will they all come true? No. Right. Like, what's the worst that could happen? And most of the time, once you, like, if you, I like to take everything to an extreme, like, right. in my mind, at least, not, like, in life, but um, let's just, like, blow this out of proportion in my mind and take it all the way here. Does that sound ridiculous? Right. Then it, the whole thing's ridiculous. The whole argument's ridiculous. Walk, role play that with me real quick. Okay, yeah. so say, for example, I'll give, yeah. you, I'll give you a scenario and you tell me what to do, right? Okay. I'm a designer, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. I went to school for design. Yeah. I'm in a position, might be considered uh, as a, you know, a junior level designer, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a project that I'm mm-hmm. working on that is kind of a passion project of mine. I'm afraid to show my leader, my boss, my mm-hmm. whoever can be a game changer in this situation. I'm afraid to show them what I can do. Mm-hmm. What's the worst that can happen if I show them? I mean, in my mind, the worst that can happen is they say no. Like, we don't want you to do that here. Okay. But that doesn't mean that you still can't do it and grow it on your own. You know, like to me, like, I don't, right. I don't know what the, the exact fear is, but if the fear is like, well, they shut it down, they're not going to like fire you <laughs> because like, right. to me, the extreme is like, well, they're like, well, that's a terrible idea. You're fired. <laughs> also, you can never do this again. Your career is destroyed. <laughs> like, right. None of that's going to happen. No, you know? but that's the beauty of like taking you to the nth degree. Like, are you going to get fired for being like, hey, I have an innovative thing that I've been working on. Like the likelihood is that's going to help you. Yeah. Because now, whoever's in the position of looking over you is going to say, and I say looking over you, it can happen even freelance. You can be freelancing something, and you're afraid your audience could be that person that yeah. you're like, yeah. you're, they're not going to fire you. Like, yeah. what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> Just freaking ship it. Right. Like, put it out. Like, to a certain extent, like, ship it to where you can, right? Yeah. And, like... I know just, you know. We don't put out sloppy work. You know? No, exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yes, exactly. Sloppiness is not okay. Sloppiness. Is, and I'm talking more about when it's okay. Yeah. If I think that's a really good point to bring up because if you're a designer, especially if you have some sort of audience, if you have people in your life that trust you, self-awareness is key. 
when you have that self-awareness where you've got, or if you have a job where you are a designer, I think it's comfortable to say that you have skills or else you probably wouldn't be there. Right. When you're at that step forward, what's the worst that can happen? Right. And I guess that's like, you know, I'm an ideal person. I feel like you're an idea person. For sure. And um, that's another thing that like I want, you know, people to understand is like, I think if you throw an idea out there, you've invested a piece of yourself. And as and as creators and as creatives, we invest our pieces of ourselves mm. in things, and we tend to take criticism and what I would call rejection like really personally. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas, like, man, that just like feels like it's a piece it's a of me. Yeah, yeah. But like, you have to you have to really divorce yourself from that mm. because. In the same way that failure is is never like you can learn from failure, like throwing out an idea that no one picks, you can learn from that, right? Make adjustments to it. It doesn't mean it's all even a bad idea. It just means it doesn't work for that context or that person. Right. You know, like someone saying, "Yeah, like uh, um, you know, we'd we'd rather not do that right now." Like that's fine. That just means you can use it. You know, take that idea and use it for somewhere else. You know, like plug it into some other situation right. that may fit. You know, it's like right. this is a piece of a of a machine and like, well, it doesn't fit in this one, but maybe it'll fit over here. I don't know how many times that's happened, man. Like, especially right. in the video world, it's like, hey, we have this idea for a promo video. Well, it doesn't really fit this. Well, so you just file it away. That product maybe. Yeah. yeah. Write it down. You know, like, I mean, because my mind will forget like, hey, I even had this idea, but write it down and yeah. use it again. Um, mm. Like, nothing is ever just the end all be all. This is never happening. You know, like, mm. I just don't believe in that kind of um just block, cutting yourself off like that, you know, creatively and saying, yeah. well, that was a terrible idea. I'm never saying anything again. You know, yeah. I think that what you're talking about, it, it's, it's tackling. It's interesting that we're going that way and like <laughs> tackling fear and dealing with how to get out there and do yeah. things. Uh, one of the biggest things that stands out to me about what you said about being romantic about your idea or about your work mm-hmm. specifically, I think that what has helped me as a designer, Chris and I both, I know we haven't said this yet, but Chris and I both work at Ramsey solutions uh, we love what we do. We, we're able to kind of play in a lot of different spaces. I'm super blessed to be able to work on a team with him. Uh, and one of the things that super helped me as a designer here has been to um, separate myself mm-hmm. from the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, meaning, one of the things in the design world is that uh, I want things to be pretty, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a misconception to think that that is the priority to me. Mm-hmm is to make them look pretty or make them look good. I don't want them to make pretty. I want them to solve problems. And as a designer, that has been the biggest shift in my mind from expressing to fixing. So as an artist, I want to express my emotion. I do that in my music. I'm able to go and express my thoughts through my music. If you don't like it, it's okay because I'm not not trying to fix anything. I'm just trying to get this, this gunk out. But being able to look at the problem and say, I have an idea for a solution. And if that solution gets shot down, it's okay because mm-hmm. it might not be the answer to that specific mm-hmm. problem, which really solves a lot of that. Well, I spent all this time and right. um, I'm trying to express a feeling here. It's no, figure out that if you are a problem solver, whether you're on the video team or whether you are a musician, whatever it is in your role plays into that, if you can separate yourself from the problem or mm-hmm. separate yourself in, in your expression, and I think knowing those avenues where you can be expressive, because like we talked about, like if you're romantic about your idea, it's not one and done. Mm-hmm. Like you can always take that, even if you are a little romantic about it and you're proud of it, take it and utilize it and put it somewhere else. Yeah. But the biggest thing is just not being romantic about your your offering, right? Your work. Well, and I, and, and I like I'm a firm believer in like collaboration makes a better end product. Like you're probably not going to come out with a ten out of ten idea. Mm. 
But if you throw out a five out of ten idea or four out of ten and have other people speak into it, eventually we may get close to a ten out of ten idea. Mm. And like that's a valuable process to me. I don't like working apart from a team, you know, like whenever it's just myself, I can do stuff. Like and you know, I have in my career with either freelance or even like working at the church, someone was like, Well, I could just do whatever sure. I wanted. You know, I could just go out and like, ah, oh, this sounds like a good idea, cool. And try it out. And I love like those are cool times, like those are cool like things to have and do. But like that's not that's not the world where I feel like you reach the best solution. Sure. Um and I'm not saying you shouldn't have like passion projects and things that you're working because there are like, you know, like who's who's going to say that? Um, well, even like, uh, you know, and I just think like, you know, like one of my favorite musicians and songwriter like combos is Bernie Taupin and Elton John, like apart mm -hmm. from each other, like whenever they stopped making like this, he, Bernie Taupin stopped writing lyrics for Elton John. That's whenever I feel like his music fell off the cliff. Man. Mm. It's like it's still musically good, but it just wasn't like what it was. It wasn't what it was. Right. Yeah. And. You think about those kinds of things. Um, yeah, one of the things I wanted to say with that was like, your ideas and what you create do not make up the sum of you. Mm. Those are like outpourings of you. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pull a, a Kane Coleman for people who listen to Ramsey and <laughs> say say that again for me. All right, the that your ideas and what you do do not make up the sum of you. Mm. And there is so much more to you than what you can express externally. And what you can put out for the for the world to see. Um, don't get so married to your work that you find your self worth in it. Mm. It's like if you start doing that, you're always going to be disappointed. Would you say that applies to the expressive side of things as well? Like, let's say I'm Chance the Rapper, and I'm mm -hmm. so attached to my mixtapes. Mm -hmm. Like, my identity is my mm -hmm. work so far. I'd say it still applies, don't you? Yeah. To that certain, because yeah. I mean, it's it, at the end of the day, it's you attaching yourself to your abilities and your ideas. Right. Well, and, and like if I can look at your body of work, and that's a window into who you are, but that's not the complete picture of who you are. And I'm not like, do you do you value you know, for instance, Chance the Rapper? Do you value him as a person by his work? I would say most of us wouldn't. No. Like we would say, like, well, that's you know, his work is 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 great, but he is he's also like he's a great, you know, sure. guy or whatever. Like that. So if you wouldn't do that to other people, do not do that to yourself. Mm. That's massive. The, the the thing that I don't like about, you know, like people get caught up in rejection or things like whenever they, they you know, a piece of them as they see it has been rejected, whether it's an idea or a thing they've put out in the world. And then they they take that on. They take that rejection on themselves and that shame and all that kind of stuff. That's just bondage, man. Like that's that's gonna hold you back. That's gonna make you put up these mental walls where like, oh, I can't I can't do this or I can't do this or I can't like I can't is the worst phrase. <laughs> like you can right. just try it. That goes back to like my whole philosophy where it's like I can just do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. I can do it. <laughs> I mean, but that's the core of it though, is that it's like there's no one else putting those boundaries around your around who you are besides mm -hmm. yourself mm -hmm. like if your biggest enemy to your creative process to your ideas to your video work to your design work to your code to whatever you want to say is literally yourself mm -hmm. because it's, it's like you just said it's like you're literally taking that window and you're trying to take this itty bitty piece of your puzzle the composites mm -hmm. who you are mm -hmm. and make the rest of your everything that you do look like this piece of work 
you are the person standing in between you and what you are able to do. I'm not trying to go all motivational right here, y'all, but this is some yeah. fire. Listen, for real though, like I, as you're saying this, like I'm looking at my life and the things that I've done through the lens of no one was telling me no. Like right. it was literally, I know we're jumping, jumping from, from, from fear to permission, but at mm-hmm. the same time, it's like you are literally the only person giving yourself permission on what your art is or what your ability is. Mm-hmm. Stop freaking holding yourself back. Yeah. And like, and, and some, you know, I think about, you know, like my own career and my life and like, if you continually like, you'll find like say someone's saying they're like, I don't know, like, because I I do talk to people like this, where it's like, I don't know what I'm creative about or I'm passionate about. Like, well, have you told yourself yes enough? Like, have you just done things? Have you right. tried things? Like, am I a studio photographer? No, <laughs> I don't want to be. <laughs> I figured that out. <laughs> I'm not either. That's not. I'm <laughs> also with that route. So <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> um, and and so like. But was that wrong to try that? No, because I think that got me to where I am now. You know, like sure, the, your past self always brings you to here. So, but like, the I think the more varied and more more uh, more things you try out, like your future self will benefit from that. Hmm. Hi. <laughs> so, uh, for those of you who don't know, this is Chris Wright. He is a, a tried and true maker of things. Uh, you do the Business Boutique podcast. I do. You did Stay on Target podcast. I do. You do video. Yep. You do all sorts of fun things. You love movies. Mm-hmm. You love the Lord. Mm-hmm. Man. And that's so like, I, I didn't know. Bring it there. Bring it home. Not, dude, I can bring it there. Big bring time. it there big time. I, that's this, the thing, is, like, this, this is us. So um, I find like my value in what God says about me. And as long as that's your rock, then nothing else is going to shake you. The world can just like pitch and turn and like whatever, it, you know. What God says about you is never going to change. Does that mean you won't be afraid? You won't be afraid to step out of the boat on these waves that are going crazy? No. But if you just like hold on to that rock of what God says about you, what someone else says, you can you can take that in and say, that is not who God says I am, so I'm going to dismiss that. Mm. I'm not saying don't let other people speak into who you are and be a better person. People you trust. Like, let the people that you trust fashion you and uh, mold you into, um, sharpen you, you know, like, into a better person. But um, find your value in in the Lord and in what he says about you and who you know he's created you to be and the passions he's put in your heart. Um, that's the truth. He sees that he's honestly the only one who sees the, the full picture of you. He knows you better than you do. And... Uh, you just have to kind of just tap into that. It's the only way to get true self-awareness. Yeah. From my, from my experience in my life, it's literally the only way. Because, I mean, we as people are falling short. Just despite my own personal assessment of myself, despite your assessment of me, mm-hmm. I trust that with true, with true self-awareness from people that you trust, like you just said, and who I am in the Lord, you can develop a full picture of who you are in God's sight, who yeah. you are as a person, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, and where you need to work on mm-hmm. whatever it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I know ex- just just to reverberate what you're saying, if that's a word. Uh, it is a word, right? Reverberate? Yeah. Just yeah. to reverberate what you're saying, that's the only way that I find who I am. And in that comes the energy. It, it literally surrounds and gives me the ability to do things I've never done before. Right. Realizing who God says I am, 
coupled with who I know I am. Mm-hmm. Well, whenever we're talking about fear and shame, fear and shame are never things that God will use and put into your life. Like, when you get down to it, like, Jesus died for the shame, any shame that we feel. Like, and if we live with that in our lives, then we're denying the power of what he did on the cross. Mm. And whenever you pull that stuff away, that's, that's bondage, a spiritual bondage. It's Satan trying to hold you back. And whenever you experience fear, the only reason that Satan would put that there, that the enemy would use that as a tool, is if on the other side of that is a win or something that he doesn't want you to achieve or want you to get to. So if you're afraid of it, if there's fear there or, or you know, you're experiencing mm-hmm. pressure like that, that means that you're bumping up against something good. And if you just like push through it and trust God that whatever else is happening, like you're going to hold on to him, you'll reach what he has for you. And, and, and it could just be like, it, it can work on a, on a project by project basis. It's like, man, I'm having a really hard time with this podcast edit. Bumped up against tons of problems. Mm-hmm. Maybe that means that there will be one person who hears this, it'll help. And the enemy doesn't want that to happen. You just push through it and get through it the best you can. I didn't know we were going to go here. <laughs> we went here. <laughs> if, if, if you can grasp what Chris just said, and, he, and you can frame your glass, if you can look at yourself through those glasses, I think you'll be a lot better off as whatever you're doing. Now, this podcast, I, I, I'm talking for creators, and if I just said everybody is a creator, there's not a person that doesn't hit. Chris Wright is in the building today, and... Uh, I wanted to rapid fire some questions right. at you. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Rapid fire. Favorite food? Pizza. Favorite place to visit? Uh, Disneyland or World. Which one? Okay, Disney World. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, still haven't been and I need to go. Oh my gosh. What? I know. I don't, I don't know. Have been to either one of them? Hey, uh, where, where are you most creative? Um, uh, I would say, man, like when I'm, when I'm outside, outdoors. Your outdoors is your most creative. Would you ever have an office outdoors? I would love that. I like I process a lot of like my day and information like whenever I'm like either walking or running or going on a bike ride or something like that. This is going to sound crazy. Yeah. I feel more emotions when I'm outside. I don't know if that's an, a, a weird thing, but as I'm it might just be physical. Exercise. It's not physical. exercise. When I yeah. go and walk in the gym yeah. versus when I'm outside in nature, I just I feel I feel better. Yeah, I agree with that. So <laughs> uh, yeah. the winter time is. You're not outside. <laughs> but even then, the snow can make you feel something. So, no, snow is awesome. Snow can make you feel something. And if you're not... I think, I think zero-degree weather with no snow is completely pointless. No, it's, no <laughs> you're, that's done. Because, I mean, technically... Well, it depends where you are. Think about it. You can layer up and go ice fishing, and then you can feel something. True, true. Well, there's the always is, an angle. And, and there's always a perspective. Because like, if you were in Alaska in the middle of winter, it's normally 30 below, and all of a sudden it's zero, you're going outside, and you're going to like freaking enjoy it. Yeah. I'm sorry for everyone there <laughs> experiencing those times. <laughs> Move to Nashville. You'll feel, you'll feel better most of the year, <laughs> except for when it's raining. Some of the oppressive heat in the summer. Oppressive heat, lots of rain, uh, tornado but warnings. Most of the time, it's pretty good. Most of the time, it's pretty good. All right, what time do you go to sleep? At night. <laughs> or I, sometime between midnight and 2 a.m. Is that pretty regular, five days a week, six days a week? It shouldn't days, be, but yes. Days? Yeah, sure. Uh, so... You, I'm, a, I'm a complete night person, and uh, yeah. I, I think in, in more, or more recent years that's been more of a. There are night. There are people who are like, physically like, and mentally like they are tuned to either be night people or morning people. I am totally a night person. I yeah. I come up like 
I get bursts of energy at like 7 p.m. and 9 p.m., dude. Like 9 p.m., I can freaking do anything. Like, yeah. Man, let's just do all the things. I'm right there with you. Here, here's what I've figured out in my brain why I'm – I feel like I'm a morning people person mm. and a nighttime get stuff done person mm-hmm. because what's happened throughout the course of the day. When I first wake up in the morning, like I love people. Like yeah. I want to see everybody. Like yeah. You could look at me in that mode and go, oh, he's a morning person. Yeah. But I just love being around people in the morning, and I like that. It's harder for me to get stuff done first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. A couple co- cups of coffee, I'm, I'm good. But what happens at nighttime is those – I don't know if it's just that I've exhausted those people skills, but like, <laughs> like no more people skills. No, but I mean, it's just that like, I just like, it's like the muse is and me are together yeah. and the resistance is gone. Yeah. And that's why I, literally all the songs that I've made, if you listen to any of the songs that I've done 30, I'm on 31 right now in the past 31 weeks, all of those songs were done between nine and 2 AM. Wow. Some nine and four. Yeah. Point is, <laughs> is that like that time, like everything else in, in my mind, it's like everyone's asleep right. except for me and the thing that I'm doing. So yep. I feel like I can just charge full. So I totally get you yeah. by saying that. I don't know why we're wired that way. You think it's the internet did that to us? Or no. That- I mean, because like, I mean, I've been like that since I was a little kid. Like I would always just like stay up all night long. Like I can remember just like <laughs> my parents or my grandma, like, like why are you up right now? Yeah. Stop reading or stop, <laughs> stop like doing like just stop. Just go to bed. Um, I was I would stay up listening to, like to the radio like till like two a.m. Whenever I was you know like twelve, you know. Right. I used to have to hold on to the antenna with my arm and put my arm up in the air to get the right radio right channel. That's amazing. Listen to here we are pop music. <laughs> the visual was good. Um, but like I think of my grandpa. Um, he used to get up every single day at 4 a.m. for that same kind of thing, what you just described, where it's like no one else is up. I can just mm-hmm. focus on, and he would get up and read his Bible. He was a, he was a pastor, and so he would get up and like study, and he felt like mm-hmm. he'd be able to really focus on what God was saying right. then. Um, but like it's the same thing. Like when he, If you stay up late enough, it's the same time. It is the same exact time. <laughs> it's same thing fresh, happens. It's that fresh, crisp, fresh, crisp feeling of the morning or yeah. the evening, if you will. There's a magic at that time. Yeah. I, I feel that way. Yeah. I mean, I mean... I feel like if you stay up late enough or go to bed early enough and wake up early enough, like that's a special time. Yeah, I love walking out on like on my back porch at like, you know, like two, three AM and it's just like, man, this is awesome. Yeah. I feel a little numb when <laughs> I've been up. <laughs> I mean, it depends on what time you get up. Listen, no, 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 no. Like this is a this is a, I feel like if you've stayed up all night, you know this feeling. Yeah. You hit a a sensation in your, I don't know if it's just the chemicals in your body, but you hit this, it's almost like a high, to be honest with yeah. you. Like, uh, like you're so exhausted, right. but you, it's like you've felt the productivity of whatever it is that you're working on, whether yeah. you're studying or doing whatever. Like you literally kind of hit this like cloud feeling a yeah. little bit. I know this, I used to live in Europe. My parents were missionaries. And uh, what would happen was, is when we were on, this is like YouTube just coming out days, Yahoo chat rooms, all that f- hilarious, ridiculous <laughs> 4chan, all that stuff with the internet. <laughs> so anyways, the, the thing is, is that we would stay, my brother and I, this is, this is I, I don't even know if I have time to tell this full story, but I'm going to tell it and I'll do whatever with it. Uh, <laughs> so my father would plug, uh, he would unplug the internet when yeah. he would go to bed, 1130. Un- literally unplug the modem out of unplug the wall? Unplug the modem outside of the wall. Because he knew that if we plugged the modem back in and we woke up and then we we'd be on the internet, but he was like, it was really more so the, the, the ethernet cable from the modem. Okay. He would unplug the modem and my brother and I, uh, were close in age and we, just like you and your bro. Yeah. Our, uh, so what would happen was he'd unplug the internet at 1130. All of our friends in the United States, this is specifically when we were in Germany, Uh 
it was six hours earlier in the U.S. Okay. So by the time everybody got home mm-hmm. and was like sitting down to do whatever on AOL Instant Message or MySpace, or, you're going to bed. Oh, uh, like yeah, we were going to bed. I mean, it was six hours early. They're getting off school, so. For us, the internet was getting unplugged at like the time the internet was coming awake. And so what would we do? Like we'd wait 30 minutes, plug the internet back up. <laughs> yes. And then be up till like literally, I don't know, 6 a.m. Like Germany time. Yeah. But here it was like midnight. So yeah. like we would go to bed. We were on U.S. schedule. And then we would sleep. We're homeschooled. So we'd sleep yeah. till one o'clock. That's awesome. And my, our parents knew. And I don't know why they didn't <sighs> freaking move them. Love you, mom and dad. Because they're like, yeah, they're like, friends. They, they need knew. their friends. I mean, they they didn't give us too hard of a time for. It. I mean, we were we were being wholesome. Did you ever use you know? ICQ? ICQ. I did use IC. ICQ was pretty popular in Germany, bro. Was it? Yeah, yeah it I was. used it in the states too. Yeah, it was. Pre- ICQ was pretty popular. I mean, so I was on all of them. Icon. I was on a- AOL. I, um, MSN. Yeah, MSN was was hot. For ICQ. A while. ICQ was yeah. ICQ was super hot in Germany. Like oh. I didn't know about it here, but over there, like I had it to communicate with my German friends. I see. So AIM was like the jam. Yeah, yeah. During that time, this is like 2004. Yeah, five, it was the it was the, the thing all the cool kids were on. Yeah, AIM was what was hot. This is the area of the sidekicks, the little flip mm-hmm. sidekick phones, mm-hmm. Razor phones hadn't come out yet. Uh, YouTube had just started. Mm-hmm. Started my first YouTube channel back then. Nice. Remains Dude, in the dirt. I can remember creating some random like HTML web page, and I just put links to stuff I liked. There's, there's links to a picture of Reliant K that I like. <laughs> Things Chris likes. Yeah, it was like all neon and crazy. <laughs> like, I don't even remember what it was called. It was, a, I think it was a GeoCities site. That's amazing. <laughs> you know what else was pretty popular back then was Zanga. Zanga. Oh, Zanga. Yeah. yeah, I thought that's kind of similar. Like you, yeah. could, you could input your code, uh-huh. and then MySpace with being able to customize profiles and all. Oh yeah, stuff. I had a scrolling banner. Oh yeah. The music in the background. Absolutely. Image is the background. Image is the background. I had gifs on there all the yep. time. I'd make gifs. Yeah, uh, I never really got into gift making, and I, like I kind of wish I had. That would have been cool. I got into that. I was pretty. I was pretty happy. Like I made some gifts for some some bands back there. Um. So, anyways, so that is combination when you go to sleep. I love yeah. that that all came out of sleep. Like yeah. that's that's amazing. The other thing, like I think that is important for 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 people who create, is to understand when you are the most creative. Like I know that in the afternoon after lunch until like six, five or six, like I, that's whenever I do my best work. So I try to like front load my um administrative work in the front half the calendars yeah meetings into like the morning mm-hmm. whenever i can and the afternoons that's whenever i just like plow through work is get stuff done mode yeah but i know that like and there's some people who like hey they do better do better in the morning you know like yeah so if you do better in the morning then get your work done in the morning like just be self-aware enough and kind of monitor that because you know to realize man this is when i when i need to do work this you just you know make the most of the time that you have Favorite third favorite movie, not first, not second, third yeah. favorite movie. It's hard one because I love a lot of movies. I'm just gonna say Indiana Jones. Third favorite. I mean, you really can the first one. The, the uh, first Indiana Jones. Um, why can't I think of the name right now? It's the one with. I guess it's because of my. It's, it's only, the only the my third favorite. Is it the Holy Grail? It, no, what that's the second. No, the second is the Temple of Doom, and then there's Last Crusade. What's the first why one? Is it, why are we blanking on the first Raiders of the Lost Ark? Good Star. night. That was hard. <laughs> All right, Chris. What was your favorite movie? We can cut that whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> what was your your third favorite movie? Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> oh yeah. So okay, great. Well, here's the thing, guys. Chris Wright is so near and dear to my heart in the things that we do here and in life. Please go check out the Stay on Target podcast for hours of just fun laughter regarding hot topics such as games, movies, politics, 
TV. TV. No politics Shows. normally. If you if you are looking for a really legit podcast, check out the Stay on Target podcast. You are the primary editor uh, behind the scenes on the Business Boutique podcast. Producer. Correct producer, the man. I say editor, but you're doing it. You're doing the things. You're you're chopping. You're running and gunning. I don't know what all this stuff's called. I just you take, know, you know, I just t- take the audio. Titles are largely like who cares what the titles right. are. You just I do mean, you're, what you need to do. You're the producer. You're the you're the man. Business boutique podcast with Christy Wright. If you are a female and like to make things and start things, yeah, go check out Business Boutique podcast. I'm happy to rep that. No, seriously, um, Chris does a lot of awesome things, and uh, I've loved having you on the podcast. Thanks, man. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, this is fun. a lot I, deeper than I thought it would. I would. know. I I also want to say like Chris is the main driving factor for me doing a podcast in the past year. He has been so, one of my friends I can look at and go, he's podcasting. <laughs> like I can podcast. I want to do this. And so Chris took me out to uh, Panera, and we went out to Panera and got uh, into the conversation of how to do podcasts. So thank you for coaching me. You're welcome, man. And uh, how to do this when this I have is all me. you, dude. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I just like people. <laughs> that's, that's all you need, man. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast, guys. Take it easy. 25 years in the making. Over nice, he says. That's what they said. If only you could see all of these hard earned.